So then we walk into the bar and it was all like, ha ha ha, you know what I mean? Wait, what? <laughs> Casual conversation, huh? <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. Rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. <laughs> okay, so, so let's, now that we've ended that conversation, you are listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 195, side B. Side, uh, the, <laughs> give me side B. <laughs> this is the give me. Give me side B. <laughs> All I want is some side B. Wait, that could okay. <laughs> is, that, is that like side boob? Uh, sure. That's not what I was thinking, but yeah. <clears throat> this is yeah, that works. the Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you loved today and the things you loved yesterday. James Bond style. My name is Goldeneye, and I'm joined by Pink Eye. No, Mr. Bond. We expect you to have itchy eyes. <laughs> and brown eye. Because you didn't wipe. <laughs> this, this is a side B episode. We're going to talk about the living daylights. That would truly be the worst Bond villain. Brown eye. <laughs> Like he con- constantly has a slight stench of poop because he didn't wipe. But you would have to watch that in smell-o-vision or else it wouldn't work. Yeah. Gross. Uh, totally. That was actually tried in the 50s. They did that in movie theaters. Smell-o-vision? That's uh-huh. true. So we're doing the, the Living Daylights, which is a James Bond movie from the summer of 87, continuing our summer of 87 series. Um, and, of course, we're going to do our um, Give Me Five question of the week. Wheat. Correct. Wait, why are you in saying the... it like that? <laughs> why are you saying it that Say way? Say cool. Cool. Say whip. Whip. Say cool whip. Cool whip. <laughs> in the process of doing this, we are, one, going to make a bunch of very obscure references, but also we might spoil this movie. <laughs> if you bought that giant James Bond box set and you're like, man, I can't wait to get the Living Daylights. I hope nobody spoils it for me. <laughs> but I'll also listen to this podcast about the Living Daylights. You are making a mistake because we will spoil it for you. So just be aware and don't complain. That's fair. Um, okay. So this movie was released on 73187. And I assume everybody, uh, the three of you, the three of us, we all remember that day very specifically. Of course, July 31st, 19. I mean, either. I don't know what I was doing. I was 11. Um, Director is John Glenn, not the guy that landed on the moon, I'm assuming. Um, How many Timothy Dalton? I don't know if we're going to get into this. This one is played by, this Bond is played by Timothy Dalton. How many movies did he do? Does anybody know? He did that. Well, this one, obviously. Did he do the... I thought he did two or three, but no more. Did he do the one with the, the Golden Gate Bridge where they were like trying to flood Silicon Valley? Wait, is that the one with the... 
is that view to a kill with 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 no that was Roger Moore Maybe. that was Roger Moore for sure wasn't that the one with the with the blimp yeah and and um uh, Jaws no I'm thinking of something yeah. well we'll look okay. it up right, we'll, we'll look, look it up. into that um uh Mariam Delbo Delbo did I say that right plays Cara Melody um John Joe Don Baker is Whitaker John Rhys Davies who I love uh is Leonid Pushkin because okay with the summer of 87 so spoiler number one it all has to do with communism and commies and stuff um Art Malik plays the Shah and Desmond Llewellyn is Q the synopsis James Bond is sent to uh he did uh two he did two the living daylights and license license to kill really okay yeah. I knew it wasn't more than much more than that. He only did, yeah. Um, What's weird is when I was googling it, the number one question as you typed in how many Timothy you know, Dalton movies, not Dalton James Bond movies, are there? Someone apparently has asked Google how many Timothys are there in the world. Okay, um, really? really? Can you? How and, many is that? Uh, I'm not sure, but probably too many. <laughs> if this person was worried about it, it is definitely too many. Well, now I'm curious, but okay, that's fair. <laughs> Um, the synopsis on this one, James Bond is sent to investigate a KGB policy. There are 50,868 Timothys in Florida. I don't know why they decided to pick that one for How me. many? 50,000? Just in Florida. Well, that makes sense. I mean, there's like 20 million people in Florida, so 20,000, yeah, that works for me. Okay. I'll take those numbers. That's cool. How many Robs and Gregs are there? I'm yeah, sure. me neither. How many Omars are there? It's just one, just me. <laughs> there's at least, there's at least two because I work with That's one fair. also. We went to high school with one too. Um, James Bond is sent to investigate a KGB policy to kill all enemy spies and uncovers an arms deal that potentially has major global ramifications. That's not a euphemism, by the way. Um, what did you guys think of this particular flick? Okay, well, let's. I can start here. I saw this in the. I've said this on the show a billion times. My parents were not big movie people, but my dad really liked the James Bond movies, and my mom really liked Patrick Swayze. But that's a whole other thing, and this is not my therapist. <laughs> this is the podcast, so I'm going to stop with that. Actually, it was Jimmy Smith's, and I have problems with that. But anyway, uh, so the James Bond movies I did see in the theater. So I saw this in the theater. That was probably the last time I saw this, and it's amazing. There are two or – no, I think I rented it once. There are two or three parts of this that I remember very clearly, and I didn't remember anything else. Okay. And we'll, when we get to those parts, I will mention it. Uh, what about you guys? Your history with this particular movie. I honestly don't think I'd seen this movie. I was never a big James Bond fan. Rob has a problem with girls in bikinis. So just overall, though, Rob, what do you think of this one movie? Just like, you know, yes or no? I mean, it was a James Bond movie. I watched it. I enjoyed it. Um, It was far longer than I thought. You know what? James (laughs) Bond movies are long. Yeah, but this one, I I got to that point in the, God, where was it? When when they got to Pakistan (laughs) and they met up with the Pakistani freedom fighter. I'm like, 
man, it really seems like they're gearing up for another for another like go here. Uh, how much time is left in this movie? I clicked over. I'm like, Jesus, there's still an hour left. Yeah, because you feel movie. like it's ending, yes. right? Is it? Yeah, I think it was I'm Afghanistan. Like, I'm like, yeah, Afghanistan. Yeah, I have some I'm like, how on long that. is this effing movie? What the hell? Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um. So I, uh, I believe I saw this in the theater first as well. I definitely saw it back in the day. I think I saw it in the theater. Um, and to me, it, uh, kind of like what Rob was saying, I, I like James Bond movies. I don't necessarily go out of my way for them though to see them. I liked. Um, I did a little bit with the Daniel Craig, the first two, because um, I like him too. But uh, I like James Bond ever since I can remember. You know, even as far back as View to a Kill, which came out. That was a Roger Moore one that came out a couple of years before this one. Um, That's the one with Duran Duran, and uh, it was good. Like it's fun. Like it's James Bond. Like I, I, I'm. I know I've said this before, but I'm a fan of going into a movie or a show or whatever entertainment thing with realistic expectations of what you're going to get. And we, James Bond is a spy thing, and that's what we got. That's So I'm good. I, I, it was fine, you know? Um, I can I can do James Bond movies once a month. That's fine with me. It doesn't bother me. But, they're, but they don't blow me away. Like, I don't look for I don't look for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. It can be exhausting at times with all, like, the twists and... That's true. I agree to that. And, like, especially now having to write a synopsis of it. Because <laughs> they, they go in one direction, and then there's, like, the little spy twist thing where someone says something about, you know, this person was doing this, but, but he's kind of lying. And then you find out that he wasn't really lying. <laughs> but, like, trying to map that out to explain to a podcast is annoying. That's so. fair. All right. So I think we should just kind of break down the movie here. I'm sure you guys will have opinions about various parts of it, and we can just get started on that. Like every other Bond movie, this movie starts off with some sort of action sequence, and then, of course, you get into the real movie. In this case, it opens up on a beach that is covered in tank traps and heavy artillery and things like that. And they kind of make you think it's a real attack at first, but then you realize it's a training exercise. Well, and the thing I didn't get is it seemed like there were more guys on the beach than what actually jumped out of the plane. Because if I'm not mistaken, weren't there there were three guys that jumped out of the plane, right? Yes. weren't weren't there four guys in black on the beach? Because didn't they kill two of them, and then Bond was there, and then the other guy that was killing people off? That's I didn't really a keep point. a great count, but it did seem like. Bond was not part of that initial plane thing. Maybe they didn't show it or anything, which this is an editing issue, not a attack issue. Like if mm-hmm. Bond showed up via like a little, one of those little night runner rafts, they should have showed it. So it's not as confusing. Right. Right. Well, and, and I could have sworn that he was part of the, the group that jumped out. I mean, it was, it, it was very obviously a training exercise, but I'm like, okay, I think there's too many guys here. <laughs> Now, what I did learn from this is that you could actually film, and I was surprised at this, you could film a bunch of dudes and people jumping out of an airplane without having, like, a 10-minute sequence of them parachuting. Yeah, no, I was was disappointed with that. I I hoped at least two of the guys would, like, maybe some longing looks. Would, like, make out on the way down. You know, maybe a wink. Right, like, like maybe, yeah, 
They're floating down. They catch each other's eye. They reach out and hold yeah. each other's hands. Maybe yeah, their arms nice. form like a yeah, heart. Exactly. A heart. Yeah. <laughs> that each one of them puts out their hand and they do that little <laughs> hand heart thing. Yeah. Or maybe one guy looks at the other one and does that thing where he makes like one hand and then sticks his finger into it and like you know goes in and out. Maybe that. And if you don't know, have any idea what we're talking about? We don't either. But um, what movie was that that had the Megaforce? The long. Oh, it was Megaforce, right? Yeah, yeah we did Megaforce. A love scene in the air. I, call, I think I called it Broforce the other day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's funny. That's what it would have been called if it came out now, today. Now, this trading sequence actually goes awry pretty quickly. Uh, both in someone parachuting into a tree, but also the fact that there's like a real assassin there, just like tag the assassination game. Mm. Well, but the, the, I mean, the tree wasn't really an issue. I mean, he just he just let his shit go. He just well, it just made, I, at first like it, he because he gets paintballed right away because of the fact that he gets stuck in a tree. He gets mm. he gets found out by the the uh, other side or the you know the the, the British tree military flag guys. Yeah. You're out. Yeah, but then there is an assassin there that's then shooting them with a real gun. And this, of course, leads to James Bond being like, yeah, I got to take down this dude. And because every James Bond movie, I'm pretty sure this has been a thing. Every James Bond movie has to have that opening sequence action thing. They, The guy tries to escape on, of course, an ammo truck loaded to the gills with ammunition <laughs> with with comical like uh labels in big block black letters explosives i'm like das boom maybe you want to pick away, a different vehicle how do we stop it because because <laughs> inevitably what happens is they just blow oh, the I didn't car see that coming yeah the, that other one's parallel parked i don't want to do that parallel <laughs> surprise <laughs> boom <laughs> That's funny. So, bad guy driving a truck, Bond on top of the truck. Of course, because of their ammunition there, it, it is starting to catch. The, the The truck gets shot at, catches fire. We end up with the in-truck action sequence. This one was a little low-key for a opening sequence because, I mean, there's been some crazy ones. Jumping a tank into a cargo plane or, like, there's some nuts james bond yeah but this one did have a great end um end stunt sequence in which the the car ends up driving off a cliff while they're fighting and james bond uh pulls a ripcord and just gets pulled out the back of the vehicle by a parachute just as the car explodes midair which was like this is the one that i actually felt could actually happen yeah because like the parachute would have done all the work pulling him out of the physics at that point yeah might have broke his (laughs) neck but i might have been right now maybe bashed his head off of the uh the top of it whatever um there of course oh as this car is going there they do go down of course the european streets that are there any straight streets in europe like they're just swervy and i'm pretty sure ice. they were all laid yeah, by well, drunken Irish. not modern streets no not a lot of <laughs> straight ones and there's a lot of booze in europe is basically the problem um roman streets were straight because they didn't know how to make curvy roads because of the technology they used. But these days, just it's more of a close your eyes and hope for the best kind of a thing. <laughs> I could totally picture a wagon in Roman days coming to one of those 90-degree bends. <laughs> going, how do we get <laughs> well, no, this Well, no, the way one? that they did it was the... the <laughs> like, the, the worst, the like, The technology that they ever. used to make the roads was, like, this thing when you hung, like, a thing from it or whatever. And it made... 
uh, it was called a it was called a Jewish slave actually, <laughs> that they would hang a heavy rock from uh, and just roll him down. A, um, ma- sorry, that might I'm allowed be, to make I that joke. Know. Everyone, That's, I'd have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a thing. But uh, yeah, the roads today just good luck. I remember very distinctly when I was doing making a video game for like a training thing. And I made a curvy, it was like a curvy road just because it looked cooler than a straight road. And I remember my project manager being like, well, why is the road curvy? And I'll you're like, well, why not? <laughs> but he, and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, cause it looks cooler. It's different. He's like, yeah, but there's no reason for it to curve. No one's just going to add a curve into a road. Cause it was actually a, a pathway up to a house, not really a road so much, but, and so it's like this pathway up to this like mansion. And I was like, like, well, can't why? Been to <laughs> yeah, right. And he's like, he's like, well, why is it curvy? There's like, you know, they usually only do that if there's a rock they can't move or an old tree or something like that. And I'm like, I'm going to add my ass some rocks <laughs> and some old trees. So I did I, every curve. I added a tree. Yeah. The thing. This tree's a thousand years old. We, we're not allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> you put a big yeah. redwood in the way. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we have Bond parachuting to safety and... He decides to land on a yacht where there's a woman in the process of telling her friend. She looks like a um, one of the Robert Palmer Oh, my God. Girls. You're right. Yeah, you're right. This, oh, yeah. Yeah. She might as well face <laughs> it. She's addicted to love. Complaining about how there are no real men. Mm-hmm. They're all just wannabes. And then Bond drops in and she's like, oh, yeah. I'm in Yeah, love. exactly. Yep. My prayers have been answered. Tell me what to do. And it's funny because, like, all of this stuff happens. It was a really long opening, and then they're like – then all of a sudden you get into the James Bond-like credits. And Bond immediately slaps her on the ass and says, go into the kitchen and give me something to eat. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that happened. It was the <laughs> 80s. Fine. Maybe you watched a different version of the James Bond movie. Now, the opening sequence, it was pretty good um, based on what they were able to do at the time. This was all based on projection where they actually had, like, real models with stuff projected on them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think they started playing with lasers, too, because the word Bond was, like, in the smoke in the air, and it was, like, made out of little dots and stuff. <laughs> like Dr. Evil. Playing with lasers. 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 So, based on a, you know, they didn't have computers and motion graphics and stuff. It was, it was a decent sequence, but obviously the ones now are significantly better. Yeah. Well, um, it was also very... Because... It was, a, it was for the time it worked. Like, for the 80s. Yeah. Know, oh, definitely. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It seemed quaint looking back at it from now, but you could definitely see it as a building block to what is now like people will they'll people look forward to right. seeing what they right, did right. with the bond, with the bond openings, mm-hmm. like women made out of oil and stuff like that. <laughs> um, because this is also a James Bond movie, I was it's always interesting to figure out who the like villain or the villain countries are going to be and where they're going to go through each one. Uh, because they always pick really diverse countries, at least uh, environmental wise. You know, like if they're gonna go to a desert, they're also seems like they're gonna go to the snow or a jungle. Like they want to change it up. That's actually a lot, a really good I think point. They do that. You're right. Mm-hmm. Like from one to another, it's a completely different world. Yeah, it starts off in Siberia right. and ends on like a Caribbean island. Uh, but they're in Bratislava, Czechoslovakia. Picturesque. Uh, very much uh, so. picturesque uh, communist era Czechoslovakia where there was eight different colors <laughs> of concrete and that's it 
white or slightly off white. That's that's your choice. For yeah. You. <laughs> Do you want gray or more gray? <laughs> Maybe black. Well, that's true because all the white whatever ended uh, up gray anyway from all the smog and whatnot, factories and shit. Yeah. So you're at an orchestra performance again, spy movie. There's always an orchestra performance. There's always a gala. And we do meet eventually who becomes our our Bond girl. And also we see Bond. He's now doing his mission where he is providing cover for General Kaskov. 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 Yes. A defector. He's yes. defecting. He's going to the bathroom? And and I I have a problem with this escape because you, you know they they know that he's defecting they know that there's at least one sniper because Koskov has told them that the KGB knows about so during the intermission he jumps out of a bathroom window and the 007 and his contact are up on the top floor watching for him and watching for the sniper well he breaks out and breaks free and starts running across the street and they're watching for the sniper so they they take out one sniper but nobody's downstairs to let the frigging guy in the door. They locked the door and he's out on the street banging on the door going, let me in, let me in. And I'm like, are you kidding? Nobody knock, thought knock. to leave the door open for this guy. Knock, knock, knock. Hello? <laughs> knock, knock. Hello? I mean, how long is he a sitting duck out there for? Like maybe another sniper? They don't know how many snipers there are. Whatever. Yeah. But if he got popped by the sniper who turns out to be this adorable short blonde haired cellist mm -hmm. uh, who Bond refuses to shoot because she's an adorable short blonde haired cellist he shoots her gun instead well he says he... it's because she was no assassin she doesn't know how to handle her weapon and blah 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 but it was because she was an adorable short blonde haired assassin exactly and you know how blonde how Bond likes his women well that's right because like he says that she didn't know how to handle the weapon and all that stuff, but they don't actually show that in the movie because I think she already has the weapon out of the case and is like just about to lower it when she mm -hmm. when it cuts to her. So you, it's not like they have a clip of her, an edit of her like trying to figure out how to build the gun, like dropping the bullet bullet out of the window or like you know, doing something ridiculous where mm -hmm. that he could actually prove, like prove that you know, like you know aiming the wrong direction you know whatever. But had they not done this sequence, you wouldn't be able to get... Holding the gun backwards. <laughs> yeah, backwards. It's a learning curve. Uh, you wouldn't be able to get to the... Yeah. <laughs> which end goes that way? You wouldn't be able to get to the pipe line sequence, which that is the point that I actually remember. Because having I did see this in the theater, which I, I think I said earlier. It was a cool escape plan. Yeah, it, it was... I. I remember the pipeline sequence, especially the sound of the thing going through it. And I was like, man, that'd be fun. Uh, except for the parts where there was like 90 degree turns. That wouldn't be quite so fun. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. I remember thinking that too um, when I first saw the movie back in the 80s. Thinking, oh my god, I, I totally want to do this. Not realizing that those, dirt, like you said, 90 degree turns would, you know, like, would just kill you or whatever. But <laughs> Clang. Oh. So they're going through a natural gas pipeline, and they, they retrofitted a, a thing called a pig, which is the cleaner and tester of the natural gas. And There's a fun little sequence here where they stick this this uh, Russian dude in it, 
they're going to launch him. And he's like, uh, have you done this before? Kind of. <laughs> no. Here, suck on this. done this before. Yeah. But if, yeah, <laughs> as in had it not explode the oh, sheep no, that, that we, we tried it with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Don't be a bitch. They have to get the pressure up to a certain level. So they have this and they have this large Russian woman, large busty Russian woman named uh, Ros- Rosika who goes in to hit on the technician so he doesn't notice all the flashing She's lights. all in on this too. She's great. She I, I, she looks like a character from like what was that? It yes. wasn't Dodgeball. That's was exactly it? who she looks like. Yeah. Or was it yeah, the Missy yeah, Pyle just with better teeth. from Dodgeball. What a yeah, it was either Dodgeball or like Beer Fest or something like that, where like they they always take the the large Russian woman and like the the God, gray it's such a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes in and like hits on this dude and rubs his face in her breasts and he's like ah and then she realizes that they've been successful and she's like oh yeah I'm not that kind of Later. woman. <laughs> Jump. It was great. And I remember that I, part, too. I think I've met women like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes, oh. Smack me. I'm not that kind of woman. What? Just happened. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I beg to differ, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Moving on. Uh... We're going to go – I'm going to talk a little bit about the base here. All this stuff does not happen at once, but I do like talking about the Bond gadgets. I like talking about Bond's gadgets. We, uh, we, we assumed. Wow. I was – I was honestly, I'm really disappointed with the gadget in this movie. Well, there's, there's two parts of this movie that happen right here that the gadgets that they tease – are, are not the ones and the and something that they tease is not something that happens later. And I'm talking about the, the boom box – Right. The ghetto blaster, the, get, the ghetto blaster that is for America. That was one thing that I would have rather that be the gadget, for whatever reason, than anything yeah. else. And also, when they get to the base, they show on the screen these like other Russian spies because they're trying to figure out who did all this stuff. And they show this one whose specialty is like acting like a young child, and she her special weapon is teddy bear bombs. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. and I'm like, where's that movie? <laughs> I want that movie. <laughs> Um, we I kind did... of already got that movie. It wasn't a teddy bear bomb, but it was a deadly lollipop. Oh, yeah. Trick or treat. I must have missed yep. that one. Yeah. No, I know. It's called <laughs> trick or treat. It's a, it's, that's a really good... It's. I know you're not a big horror fan, but it's a good... It's an anthology that's actually good, and it's like... Think more after-school special-style horror. It's, I like it. It's okay. great. Yeah. Omar, you're going to come up here one weekend. You're going to spend a whole weekend up here, and we're going to watch movies and drink. And that's drink. it'll be great. That sounds dreamy. I'm getting a new bathroom put in, so can we not? Can we not shit? Oh, oh we're no. going to destroy. We're, we're that definitely shitting there. in your new bathroom. That is going to happen. You can just we, need to. You need to. Then it has that. to be before September. Why is that when the bathroom goes in? All right, Rob. I'll be yeah, there September oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Mark your calendars. We're going to blow that shit up. Your plumbing? They did not do a good job, Pally. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, how else would you know whether or not you got decent plumbing? We're going to come and make sure your plumbing is good. Yeah. I can hear Speaking of things that explode. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that explode, we're going to um, 
talk about this this ghetto blaster. I did find out that the actual launching of the rocket was a stunt, obviously, that was activated by Prince Charles. He was on set that day because nice. he's Prince Charles and he can do whatever the hell he wants. Right. And, and when they're filming in England, of course. So he was the one that activated this like rocket launch, and they decide they made sure that they made note of it because, of course, they only they they film these things multiple times, so that they could use his launch in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also, as they were doing a tour, they they showed Princess Di a uh, one of those glass bottles. It's like it's like a whiskey bottle. It's made out of sugar, so you can smash yeah, it over people's that, heads and stuff. Theater mm-hmm. sugar glass stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a very famous picture of Princess Di smashing, smashing it. bottle on Prince Charles. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. So cool. And if you want to see it, of course, you can check out our Instagram page because I put it there and asked people to guess what movie what movie set that was. I think it was actually it done. Yeah, it was done in the uh, like one of the parts of the base with the concrete walls. You can kind of see it in the background. But anyway, um, from there. So we, we oh the other gadget that you mentioned was is what keys basically yeah it's really disappointing I was like what kind of shit is this it's it's basically keys that uh, emit knockout gas that knock out quote unquote most normal men and Bond is like well I don't often face normal men and it's like well yeah that's a good point um, but it's also an explosive when and the the trigger is a wolf whistle. Which has kind of fallen out of favor, but, you know, in and the 80s Bond, it was still so, a thing. You know, that's fine. It's Bond. So he has to do the wolf whistle to get it to explode, and he's got to hum, like, 16 bars of, like, some obscure <laughs> opera or some shit. No, it's, no, it's like the, the it's like the British, the... Hey, that was pretty good. That was good. That was well done. It's like that song. Yeah, thank you. Oh, was it that? I couldn't even tell what song that's they were fun. whistling. Yeah, but it's, it's it, it needs like an, an inordinately long portion of it to actually activate. Yeah. I'm like, because that's that's what you need when you're no, in the hurry wolf to blow something up. You need like 16 bars of a whatever or song. knock people out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I meant. Um, yeah. yeah. In order to in order to yeah. knock the person out, you need to sing yeah, all exactly. of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> mama mia, mama mia, mama mia, Figaro. No, sh- I, I gotta finish this. I'm trying to knock you out with this. Yeah, gas. Above has it I have 19 bars left. <laughs> <laughs> Never put aside for me. For, for me. me. Oh, I gotta do the last part. Do you have a piano anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This is the Wayne's World part. I need to hear this. <laughs> yeah. So, those are the weapons, and I've always thought this about every James Bond movie, where it's always exactly the gadgets that they need. They, like, at the end of the movie, there's never... Oh, crap. He never, he never used the... Uh, Record player that shoots out saw blades or whatever. It's always exactly and the amount of stuff. there's never any gadgets even if... from, like, previous movies. Like, there's, like, if you yeah, think right. about it, if I just, 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 this just occurred to me. If you take all the... Unless the car counts. Alright, that's fair. But everything else, if you take all the 97 James Bond movies that there have been, there's, like, 50,000 available gadgets, but you can only use the three that, that he was just given. <laughs> <laughs> the one that he was just handed by Q. Yeah. Hey, uh, last m- adventure we had yeah, a now car that turned into no. a submarine and had rocket no. and had rocket launchers. Can I? No. You? No. So I I turned about the in watch last with the week? laser. I had, I had this watch that had a laser on it. No. Can I get that back? No. What is this? No. It's just a gun. No. I didn't make it. Just take nine. Has that? 
<laughs> Double O, suck it. You get what I give you. Attaboy. Done. Pat, pat, pat. <laughs> There's the name of the episode. <laughs> Double O, suck it. Uh, we also learn who the sniper was. Her name is Kara. She is actually a cellist. She is not a sniper. And she's played by Miriam Diabo. And she has short blonde hair. And is adorable. Yeah. She is. She is all sorts of adorable. Still and not a top five Bond girl, though. Top five in my heart. I don't even think she's top five on your list, Greg. Yeah, probably not. No, I don't even remember her name. So, we're going to... Because this is a spy movie, This it's there's always, like, a bunch of things that happen that are really kind of false. So this whole defector situation it turned out to be fake. And we find this out because the defector is spilling information to some British, like, hoity-toity types. You know, like, what are they, what are they like, stuffed shirts or whatever they call them? Yeah, yeah. Like, British government people. British bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes that do that, and they actually understand what they're saying. Oh, <laughs> You know. People uh-huh. that you see in Pink Floyd videos. Yeah. Um, so he, he's spilling that, but they wanted him to be believable. That's why they let him be a defector, because that was a big deal back then. And they this is where we kind of l- l- find our first James Bond villain or villain of this movie, and that's Necros, who goes to get him. And he his special weapon, for the most part, is headphones with a cord that doesn't snap when strangling people to death. I've walked by a drawer, gotten my headphone cord stuck on the drawer oh, yeah, and broken a pair so of headphones. And this, mm-hmm. and this guy is killing milkmen. That's not a euphemism, by the way. That's a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the kitchen fight? I... I thought the guy who intervened was an idiot. Because... He walks in, and he sees the dude throwing the guy in the cooler or whatever, the guy that he had killed or whatever. He's disposing of the body. The guy sees it, and he says, he reaches into his radio and goes, Squad 4. And then friggin' waits! I'm like, what, nothing? And then the radio's like, Squad 4, go ahead. Squad 4? Squad 4. Squad four, are you there? Squad four. Uh, uh, squad yeah, four. Uh, yes. Uh, this is Squad four. How are you doing today? Uh, oh, oh, how's yeah. your, how's your? I saw you got a new car out in the parking lot. Uh, how is that? And so the bad guy wins, and he totally fucking uh, Han Solo's him. He's like, yeah, uh, this is uh, Squad four. Everything's okay here today. How are you? You sound <laughs> different. Are you coming down with a cold? You would you? I can. Would you like me to send us some halls or a tissue? That's funny. No. I'm like, are you freaking? I didn't kidding? even really catch that. I mean, I, yeah. like. I get, I get your point, yeah. If he'd have just said, Squad 4, we have an intruder in the kitchen, before he even engaged the guy. But no, he goes, Squad 4, and then lets go of his mic, and then runs to fight the guy. I'm like, are you are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> we got a dude here that's not supposed to be here, and I think he killed someone. Okay, I'll I get Squad 4 for you. I think that is the more important information to, uh, to relay, as opposed to waiting for I can't believe I didn't catch clearance. that, because that would have annoyed the hell out of me. Maybe I was, like, peeing or something. Yeah. Oh, hold on, before I put on Squad 4, I just want to thank your wife for the biscuits. They were scrumptious. Now, what are we talking about? Oh, who remembers? It's fine. 
Where's squad? Hey, squad four. Where are you, squad four? Hello, squad four. Yeah, so he he does this guy be, does become the milkman after killing the milkman, and he is throwing explosive bottles of milk, which is kind of clever. And basically, they rescue uh, the the Kaskov or Koskov from this from the the British people. It's probably good because he was probably getting tired of all those British government people hawing <laughs> in his face. And I did put down oh. that um, I thought that was like a super James Bond villain thing to do. The thing with the milk the exploding the. Um, that's like such a James oh, yeah. Bond movie. Oh, move! And it was it was a cool effect too. Yeah, it, it was but it was just, but it's like but it. it like you couldn't pull that off in any other movie. Like it would be it wouldn't work. Like do spies really do that shit where they like sit down at a bench and leave a newspaper there? Yeah, they, and, like, they swap they, it yes, with someone else do. that sits down at a bench. Like it seems like that's way more noticeable than any like switching bags. Oh, so, guys, you just switch bags. Did you notice that? And then you end up sniper by a like silence that's, that's shot what happened in, in uh dumb and dumber <laughs> they <laughs> remember when at the beginning of the movie he goes and drops off that girl at the airport and she puts this the briefcase down and then and then walks away because it's oh, supposed yep, to get yep. picked up by the kidnappers and he jumps in in front of him and takes like, it wait here you go <laughs> yep sorry <laughs> um so the now koskov is gone uh you know the the British government people get kind of blowed up, and Bond uh, goes at Bond basically goes after the girl because he's gonna, I guess, figure out what is all going on. I was gonna say it's Bond. Bond is gonna, gonna Bond. Go. Yeah. We need to rescue Koskov. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but there's this cellist, and and she does this thing with her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he does get. He does bring this like. This white case that has the uh, the sniper rifle in it, but he does hop into a uh, a Cold War Cold War era bathroom, and I couldn't get past it. Just I was like, Cold War bathrooms are gross. It's in my notes. I, I had to write it down. I actually had to r- figure out how to spell borscht so that I could write bor- borscht poop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cold uh, bathrooms behind the Iron Curtain back in those days were not. Just wait till you get back to America to go to the bathroom. Like you'll be fine. They, just hold it in for yeah, hold it in during your two week vacation. It was it's pretty bad. Yeah, well, but daddy, I have yeah, to go. Exactly. You better hold that shit. Literally, you gonna no, bring something gross. home we don't want. Do you want to? Do you want to accidentally poop on a landmine? <laughs> That's what I thought. I mean, even today they're not great, depending on where you are. But places like Czechoslovakia, mm. there are also don't <laughs> do not poop here. Would not would not suggest. <laughs> would not poop again yeah uh in this two scenes in the bathroom and right outside of the bathroom there are no less i noticed it than three people sweeping stuff you know they don't have that many people cleaning in czechoslovakia cold war bathrooms well that's what i was thinking like because you hear all these stories about like you know people were they did tests or whatever i don't know how true any of that stuff is and they're like well you you you're going to work in the factory, but I want to be an artist. No, you're going to work in the factory. So these three people are basically like, well, you're going to sweep. Well, that, that was true to some degree <laughs> where you got, you, you were told a lot of the time, you know, based on your aptitude, like what your job's going to be what and stuff do. like that. You're even told where to live a lot of the time. You could be, you could be moved by the. What my, was your aptitude? I don't know. Well, I was already, I was four when I came to America, so yeah. I never had to go through any stuff. 
Oh, I thought they did those at birth. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, maybe they do, and they and I had none. Oh shit, that that didn't even occur to me. That's they why they like, came to America. Gonna... That's the rules. You you need to sit down with your parents yeah. and be like, "Is this Let's the fast real track reason them. they want to leave when anyway? Just go. That's fine. You bring nothing to the table. Just go. Go start a podcast." <laughs> This, 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 one, <laughs> this one baby just only urinates into his own mouth. We don't know about yeah. podcast. Yeah, he can be a podcaster. Oh, good times. Good times. Uh, Cara, Bond does help Kara escape, and of course they do the big, the big escape thing, but she wants to go back and get her cello, which may or may not. Uh, have led to them eventually getting caught because the police find out and the police, they get kind of stopped. Um, you get to see the the Austin, I was the Austin Powers. <laughs> the Austin Martin do its thing. And there's some of the sequences from this particular movie I've seen in other stuff. And this, the, the Austin Martin, or Austin Martin on the ice with the skis and the nails coming out of the tires, they use that a lot in like little documentaries about James Bond and uh, like uh, Oscar sequences. Yeah, that's a famous, that's a pretty famous so, little clip. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. So basically the driving, a police car turns around. <laughs> right, European cars. <laughs> Uh, way less scary like way less scary than American police sirens American police sirens are so much better like hmm. uh, they let's see we, what does the car do it has a laser that can cut the car in half or at least top to bottom half right yeah what else? And I'm pretty sure that just cutting it there would not have separated the top of the vehicle from. No, the not at all. Not without separating the dude's ankles too. Yeah. Or... Yeah, that's a good point, actually. But no, there's other. Yeah, there's definitely other stuff. Uh, what else? Uh, it avoids a tank because they turn a corner and there's a tank there. Uh, it drives into a boathouse and drives the boathouse onto an icy lake. And then somehow, magically, while he's driving the boathouse around as a hat, he's he says, oh, it's time to go, and then just magically punches through the doors of the boathouse. How come the boathouse doors didn't give when he initially drove into the boathouse? That's a really good point, too. Well, they, okay. Bond. They were weakened. They James were weakened. Bond. They were weakened by the initial. <laughs> you, you know. There you go. He does like a weird move. He like does like a shift thing, but it doesn't. It's not like he was pushing on the side of the boathouse and then decided to push on the doors. Again, a lot of these thing, a lot of these little things, could be fixed by Bond leaning out of the car and shooting, or activating the guns on the front of the car. Yeah, which that's not an expensive thing. You just put a bunch of fire or whatever they use, like pyro, on the inside of the door. Break the. And there's also, uh, oh, the tire of the car gets stopped, so they, he drives around in a circle and cuts a hole in the ice, and it, there's no way. The <clears throat> thickness of the ice based on the, the rim of the tire. Yeah, no chance. And then the guys just sink into the lake. Yeah. It's a good idea. Like, it's a clever James Bond little scene. But, yeah, it doesn't really fly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get into the physics of it, it doesn't really work. 
but exactly there is no physics but it was a cool it was a good like it was a cool little james bond scene i like that there's also this is also where the sledding scene comes where they decide to use the cello case the original cello case not the sniper one as a sled because it is a stradivarius which of course if you don't know out there very rare cellos and i always thought they were just violins but i guess they're all different types of instruments as well I have no idea how many there are, but they all have their own names, and she just happens to have one, which does lead to them finding stuff later. But apparently the the sledding sequence was really – took a long time to film, two two or three full days. I don't have the number in front of me, but it was it was a big part of the production. Like it seems not as big, but you know these two people sliding down a hill on a, on a reinforced uh, cello case. It took three case. days to film? That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but basically what they do is they end up finding who the real villain is as a result of this thing because there's another dude that, I guess, procured this famous named Stradivarius. And he is a – he is Jodon Baker, also known as Whitaker, but as I know him from Mystery Science Theater, Mitchell. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Mitchell. Mitchell. Mitchell, yes. Mitchell is a very famous episode of Mystery Science Theater because when the original host left to do other stuff and they brought in the next one, so uh, Joel left and they brought in Mike, the last Joel episode was an episode called Mitchell, and it's like this 70s uh, private eye kind of drama with this guy who's played by Joe Don Baker, and he's just a fat, farting, nasty slob who just... It's awful. The movie is awful. I don't know if they meant to make him as gross as they do, but he, it's a terrible movie, and it's one of the best Mystery Science Theaters, so if you can find it, you should watch it mm-hmm. out there. There is a there is a sequence with him arguing with a child who is just repeating back to him. Like he'll be like, get out of here, kid, and the kid goes, get out of here, kid, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. And it will make you want to break your television, except the robots from Mystery Science Theater like ah! <laughs> it breaks the tension but it's it's fantastic anyway uh we meet the this guy he is a weapons uh seller he procures weapons and he's a weapons dealer i guess that's two movies in a row actually with comedic weapons dealers because superman uh, 4 had yeah. had some too yeah mm-hmm. we always have these weird little connections like you're the texas guy yeah we need one with like an arab headdress thing yeah. Uh, he is, of course, in his, his little room full of weapons. They have statues outside of himself dressed as famous uh, famous generals. It's like uh, Serpentor, like the making of Serpentor. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Genghis Khan and... Uh, and when you uh, meet him, he's actually posing in, in the gallery so that the guy doesn't actually see him. Yeah, like Attila the Hun is there, all these people. and you know, like Seriously, like it's basically what Cobra was looking for when they made Serpentor. There's a Hitler one, which, like, today people are like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's a bad guy. That's probably okay. Um, yeah, and he's posing in there, and then he, like, he's playing with these little metal soldiers and, like, doing special things, and they show different weapons and all that. And the, the weapons kind of seem unfinished. Like, especially that machine gun is with, like, the plastic thing in front of it. Like, yeah. I'm so used to, like, that sci-fi uses weapons. Shield? Yeah. I'm so used to sci-fi weapons that look. But he's a cool he's an arms guy, right? 
I thought of it as those were all yeah things that were in development to sell prototypes like they were all like being prototypes yeah <clears throat> like that's what I got out of that like that they were being that they were you know probably true just, just uh, uh you know trying new things and making new fun ways to kill people or whatever and that's why they that's why they were unfinished yeah. but maybe I'm wrong I don't know Regardless of where you shoot this weapon, the man's <laughs> testicles would explode. Why would I want to do that? No, you don't. Regardless of where you shoot him, testicles. That's an interesting weapon. That that sounds like something no. I wouldn't want to do to anybody. Agreed. Yeah. Fine. I will show you the gun that do not but make testicles pop. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, I can't <laughs> offer you maybe. <laughs> Speaking of Sissy Boy, let's talk about the extended sequence of our serial killer, Hitman, bad guy, wearing a Speedo. Oh, my God. For longer, like, than I wanted him to. There's They show some girls and, you know, James Bond girls in bikinis hanging out on the side of the pool. And then our our long, lean Russian Hitman steps out of the pool in a Speedo and then pretty, proceeds to wear it for the rest of the meeting. With, like, I couldn't believe they did that, so I had to watch that scene, like, seven just to make sure I didn't miss it i was so shocked that i just kind of and he just had the towel wrapped around his shoulders yeah it was 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 shocking yeah (laughs) almost like almost like when he got out of the pool his penis was leaning to the left and in the sequence it's now on the right continuity i think that's a mistake what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) he takes out his note card penis wrong side angled wrong <laughs> yeah. Filmed in January. Um, <laughs> um, we've got uh, so they basically that's kind of where some stuff is revealed. Some stuff is revealed about the plot, but um, at that point, you know, this is at certain points. You're like, wow, there's a lot going on here, and I think we've we all determined that if you. With James Bond movies, like there's a bunch of action stuff and there's a bunch of talking, and sometimes you kind of gloss over the talking. Like, That's actually a really good point. I find that when you get into those parts where they're talking and doing kind of like explanations and things, I'm, I, I often am, I'm like, what the hell? What? What are you talking about? Like I, they seem to not connect to me. I found the same thing in Mission Impossible. It's a, a lot of times it's the names. For me, because it'll be like Pushkin. And I Koskov feel like and there was a Omar. lot of exposition in this movie. Yeah, Basil exposition. <laughs> exactly. A bit of that was great. That's what a great character. Like his name and everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna jump over to the carnival sequence because this was the other thing I remembered from when I was a kid. I remember the pipeline. I remember the carnival, and the carnival part is where Mr. Speedo, who's now put on regular clothes and is carrying a bunch of balloons because you want to be a... You could just be at a carnival. You don't I need... I mean, shit, he might have just been dressed up like a clown. Right? Like, we <laughs> get, like, float over here. Right? He has, like, four balloons, and, like, he could have just been dude at a carnival. Like, there's no reason all he needed them. But I guess they wanted the, like, suspense of the balloons blowing away as he as he hunted down one of the secret agents. Um, he has to, I guess, kill one of the agents to push things along for their big plot. Well, the balloons did serve a purpose. What did they do? They covered his escape. 
because they were an iconic thing that someone was looking for, and when he was leaving, he handed them to a kid. That's true. So James Bond went after the balloons, thinking that was the guy, and he was long gone because he, you know, he sent him off on a goose chase. Now, did he shoot the kid and then have sex with the child's mother? Yes. Yes, he did. See, I must. You must have watched the director's cut because I did not see that part. I did. I expect nothing less. So, the, so the carnival is where two big things happen. The director's one, cut involved one, a bris, oddly. Weird. One one thing that happened, of course, is James Bond or the the girl Kara wants to go on the Ferris wheel, and James Bond is like, "Okay, we're gonna be alone in a dark Ferris wheel. Let's do it." I'm sold. Let's do it. Mission smission. Let's get crazy. Uh, yeah, so they go up in the Ferris wheel, that and doing that kind of stuff. But also, the other agent, the other good guy agent, is uh, is killed. Yes, impaled with a glass door, which freaked me out as a kid. I had a very big, like after that part, because I saw it in I was the theater. Say, they so. didn't even show it though. I know, but I was so scared to walk through glass doors. I was because I didn't realize that it was it was rigged. Like there's like a hydraulic on it that he put mm-hmm. on there or something. Hydraulics are heavy too. I don't know how that yeah. happened. Well, I mean, but they didn't even show the after effect either. I mean, it mm-hmm. was all just insinuated. They didn't show you him getting hit, and they didn't show you him after the door hit him. They didn't yeah. show like the mutilation. Or they just showed the glass break basically. Yeah. Young but, Greg was just a bitch, apparently. Apparently, I mean. I just didn't want to die in a door. That's fair. I had things to achieve. You want to survive walking? I had things to achieve. I was I was told by the Russian government that I was going to be a podcaster. Someday. Here you are wanting to walk through a door and survive. Loser. Yeah. <laughs> they also needed the balloon so that they could have the second appearance of this this word. Smirth uh, spoinum or spoinum. Oh. Uh, any yeah, Europeans here um, want to take that? Hint, hint. I think it means like kill the spies or something like that like assassinate the spies and it was placed on one of the spies at the beginning and it was on one of the balloons here so that's russian i don't i don't know i don't i'm not good with russian yeah <clears throat> i do a little bit, but more i'm more into the romanian espanol kind of languages Gotcha. The short okay, blonde well, yeah, that's fine too. But yeah. I don't understand I what she's you. saying. But I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it so, is irrelevant. This, of course, this eventually leads Bond to go after Pushkin, General Pushkin, uh, who he finds in a hotel with a with a lovely young woman, and. He pushes push he pushes Pushkin onto the bed. Pushkin activates his watch that sends an alarm, and our hero does what to get his ass out to safety. <laughs> Niet means da. It doesn't, but that's cool. Is that, is that no means no? No means yes. Ah. So so what what does Bond do here? He strips a girl naked and has her stand in front of the door so the guard can come in and be distracted while Bond beats his ass mm-hmm. it worked it did work it did he was a spy and it's probably some of these things that he does is probably more accurate than we would like to <laughs> um 
we then this is the part where it's all of a sudden it's like a different movie. Yeah, it's like he gets pushed in. And then you look, and like I think all of us around this time looked at the time, and it's like there's a whole hour left. What the hell? Yeah, that's another like super like, typical James Bond thing. You're like, wait, what? What now? I feel like the movie should be over, but no, it's not. Yeah, now we're going to uh, we're basically taking a trip to uh, the Middle East, and we're going to uh, was it Tan- I want to say Tanzania, but that is not it. Tangiers. Tangiers. Yeah. That's in North Africa. And, yes. And, oh, actually, I'm sorry, no. We are we were already in, that's where the, the arms oh, dealer that's was. Right. Yes. We, now we're, we're going to Afghanistan. Yeah. Yes. And we go to, to there, and this is where we end up meeting the Mujahideen, which are freedom fighters for Afghanistan that were trying to stop Russia. And uh, Omar, I know yeah, that, that's a really this, so. um, it's it's really funny when I see uh, when these things are like mentioned in movies, especially from back in the day, like even in Rambo three when he's in Afghanistan or whatever. Um, the Mujahideen mm-hmm. are the freedom fighters who, like you said, who were um, opposed opposing the Russian military. And it was actually Christmas Day of 1979. Russia invaded Afghanistan just to take more territory because that's what they do. And Afghanistan was, like, fighting against them with, like, l- very literally World War One rifles against, like, armored helicopters. Well, Americans find out about it, and we, s- on, on the down low, we send them help and aid, and we send, like, CIA guys and train them how to use this stuff. And so the Mujahideen pick, they pick up these tactics very quickly, and they become... They start fighting against the Russians, and it's it becomes a ten year war that is one of the reasons that the Soviet Union falls because we like bankrupted them by by having the them fight this mm-hmm. war. But and well, now they're using it the, against us. Well, yeah, we were so surreptitious about it. We did it through we did Israel, it through Israel I think that a lot of these people didn't realize we didn't realize they didn't realize that these weapons and some of the tactics and training came from us. So when America came over there. Not recently, but a while ago, they were like, "Fuck these well, people." What like, happened, re- well, what happened? Well, what happened was we we helped them, we trained them, and this is like this is where the the whole thing comes full circle. We had we had like CIA assets and stuff training them there, so they knew about that. What happened is that when the Russians pulled away, America was like, "Good job, guys, bye," and then we just left. And there's this country that was devastated, and what happened next was a, a complete power vacuum. So then there was like this little internal civil war, and the ones that won was the Taliban. And the Taliban, were they won with the help of this other Mujahideen guy named bin Laden. Osama bin Laden was one of them. He, was a, he had a billionaire family, and he helped finance them. And bin Laden didn't care that America helped him. Once the Soviet Union was gone, there was only one superpower left. So he turned his eyes to America. So a decade later, September 11th happens. I mean, that whole thing goes full circle, basically back to September 11th. Like all of that. Which is like, it's I don't know, that's really interesting to me. If you like, um, if this, there's a great movie, a Tom Hanks movie called Charlie Wilson's War, that is literally about this. Charlie Wilson was a 
It's a great and it's movie. Pretty he was a congressman yeah. from Texas, and Tom Tom Hanks plays that character. It is such a great movie, and it's real history. You're getting like a, you're getting a really good idea of like the history of what happened. But um, yeah, no, super interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I I found it really interesting when because I'd forgotten about it. We we uh, get a chance to meet the one of the world's worst uh, jailers in this movie. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I, I considered trying to make that a question, the top <laughs> five specific. worst jailers ever. But, um, yeah, this guy was, like, really incompetent. He was terrible. He was way more interested in beating James Bond with, like, a stick mm-hmm. than making sure that James Bond didn't end up with his cool keychain weapon thing. And basically there's, like, one scraggly dude in the jail... Uh, the girl has the keychain, which we've determined also was a lame, was a lame device, but also possibly the first time any of us had seen a keychain car door opener. Yeah, but even even at that, nobody noticed it when she just kind of like threw it on the ground for James Bond to pick up. Let's let's I see. Like, I, will, I will drop my keys right now. Tell me if you hear it. Yep. Do you hear it through the microphone? I or heard literally it from, from twenty Florida. miles away where you live. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're not. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. I could have stood outside. You're not sneaking up that. on me with that one. That's not going to work. <laughs> so she drops the keys. He he ends the the jailer actually in his defense he does pick them up and that's when James Bond is like Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, Figaro, Fiasma. Like the As the devil put us out for me. The, and the scraggly like, guy. And he's like, no, 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 shut up! I got to finish this. The scraggly guy in the next cell is like <laughs> clapping, like like he's you know the... uh, Monty Python. He's the one doing the headbanging, like the Wayne's World headbanging. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, stuns him briefly. They make, they of course make their big mistake or escape, not mistake, but escape. And we've got basically the whole thing is a big drug thing. So, Rob, can you in one sentence or less explain this crazy ass thing? Like this. So, this, from the what plot. I got from the movie was. The the guy took the money and bought, or no, the guy took diamonds, used the diamonds to get opium, used the opium to sell and make more money because the opium had like a higher street value or some shit. And he was turning the one billion in diamonds into like ten billion in in cash because the opium was worth more. But it bought, you know, the diamonds bought a shitload of opium. Yeah. So it was almost like he was laundering money. Is that how that works? I don't. I don't even think that's correct. I don't think laundering money is the correct term. Yeah. Well, tur- he, was, well, he was like up converting shit. Yeah. So it turns out this this scraggly dude in the jail is actually like, uh, I guess a, one of the freedom fighters. I guess one of the, the the higher up ones, and Bond decides that he's going to kind of take the opium, basically hide when it go with the opium, put a bomb on the airplane. And sort of kind of end all of this all in one swoop. So we uh, Bond follow, basically follows the opium, and he goes to put the bomb on an airplane, and he gets caught. No, he sneaks into the airplane, and he actually and actually coming out is when they see him, and then he just like steals the whole fucking plane. I'm like, why didn't he just do that to begin with? I don't yeah, who's he, who sees him? It's the the killer, or is it the no uh, K- K- Kuchev or K- Kupachevsky or whatever the fuck his name is? Kucharov, Kucharov, <laughs> Kuchikov. 
Kamakori Rob. I, I don't know. Igor Fedelinsky. Yeah, that guy. Sees him. Uh, but he has got a bomb on the plane, and you knew this was going to happen. As soon as they, they show the, like... As soon as you show someone set a timer on a bomb for, like, ten minutes, you're like, yeah. Nine That's minutes and 59 problem. seconds is going to be when this bomb either goes off or doesn't with him, like, trying to escape. So they end up in the air. And he want... brings a girl onto the plane with yeah. the bomb. He's Bond, man. He he knows he's going to succeed. And he's like, hey, I got to go defuse this bomb. But, of course, there's somebody in the back that, like, attacks him. So there's this long, drawn-out attack sequence while the bomb is just ticking down. End up on a cargo net, fighting and punching, and the car- they keep on cutting to the scene of the cargo net, like, about to snap off, which turns out doesn't really matter, because, like, it's still attached to the other side, so even though that one thing does snap, the other one doesn't, and, you know, you get a, I think there's a pun, too, right? About, it's the, it's Necros, that's, like, the, on, that gets pushed off the plane, but Bond says something about, like, he had to get off at the stop, or something like that. I don't I forget, even know. What, I forget what he says. I had it written down, but I can't find it right now. Anyway, you think that this cargo net full of opium that's dumping all over the country also might have the bomb in it, but because it's a, you know a nice hidden bomb that no one's supposed to know about, it makes a ticking and beeping sound. Because all bombs make ticking sounds. Why would they make a ticking sound? It makes it so much easier to find. No. Hey, there's a beeping coming from this bag of opium. Does anybody think this is weird? So Bond finds the bomb. He basically stops it. But when he gets up to the front, he has the girl who's on the plane, as you said, fly the plane. Gets up to the front, sees the plane about to crash into a mountain. Women drivers, am I right? (laughs) That's am I right? A-M-I-R-I-T-E, by the way. So yeah, he saves them from crashing into the mountain. And uh, then they realize that I guess at some point, I guess something got shot and they're about to crash. So they put a Jeep on a sled thing and launch the Jeep out of the back of the they ran cargo out of plane. Fuel. The, yeah. the fuel tanks got hit. So the Jeep gets you know, launched out of the back of the thing, and out of the back of the cargo plane. The plane crashes. And... Uh, you know, that's the they they're rescued. I mean, they're in the middle of the desert with nothing to eat but opium. But that's not necessarily so bad. Omar, <laughs> what are you doing for spring break? What do we desert expect, opium? Uh, that's what he's doing. Yes, I'm in. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. I, desert I, opium. Is yes, that please. a thing? Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> it is it, after this movie some like poor PA or production assistant yeah PA had to go through the desert and pick up fake bags of opium so that they didn't cause like an international incident uh let's see so we're I guess we, we're about to finish up here right we're uh I think I don't uh, know I thought this movie was over uh, like an hour ago the plane I think blows up a bridge if I remember correctly he does with the bomb. He reactivates it and drops the bomb on the bridge oh, to yeah, save yeah. the the Mujahideen guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a good aim with the bomb there. So 
at this point, this, the killer is dead, but we still got to get rid of uh, the the fake uh, Russian guy that was supposed to be uh, defecting. So they basically clean that little issue up by turning him in to Koskov. Is it or Pushkin? Pushkin. They turn him into Pushkin. Pushkin. Koskov yeah. was the name of the of the guy that they turned in. Yeah, Popov. Shmirnov. Shmirnov. That's what. It is. Yakov. Uh, Nikolai Volkov was in here. And Michael so they, Dudikoff. Yes. <laughs> Ivan Drago. We're just saying Russian words, and somehow Omar is not saying Russian words, which is concerning uh... to me. Anyway, are we? Uh, so he is taking care of the other bad guy, and they decide to go after Whitaker. They go to his magical temple of his basic museum house of war. And earlier in the movie, you'd seen these drawers that open up with what, these intense weapons in it. Yeah, yeah, rescued Fitzy. <laughs> so they, they go into his house. He's ready for Bond with all of his weapons. Um, and as we remember, Bond hasn't used every single thing that his keys do. do. He used the fact that the keys can open anything on his handcuffs or jail cell and jail cell mm-hmm. that it can stun people, but... The fact that it also can blow up with the wolf whistle we haven't used yet. So he Bond well, we gets pinned add down. A scene in for that. Yeah, so Bond gets pinned down by this guy, by Whitaker, and he puts the key, the magnetic keys on a marble bust. I don't know how that works. And he basically does the wolf whistle and blows up the bust. It falls on Whitaker, and we are down all of our bad guys at this point. And all that's left to do is for Bond to have sultry sex with a short hair, short blonde haired cello player. And I think that's the Bond movie, correct? That is that is the Bond movie. Oh, James. That's literally the last note that I wrote. Oh, James. Oh, James. Yes. So what what did you think of this Bond movie? It was flawed, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Fair enough. Um, it, was... it would it would never be one of the ones I'd pick. I love the more modern ones better. Yeah, I, I do like the. In fact, I really like the Daniel. Yeah, Bryan. they're good. I forgot about this one until it came up this week. Um, like it's just I forgot yeah. Timothy Dalton was a bomb. Um, I just forgot about it. This one, this one was okay. Um, like I, like I said earlier, I, this one was one that I think was way too long. Uh, it it got like halfway through the movie, and I'm like, "Oh, we're done! Wait a minute, we've introduced this whole new wrinkle in Afghanistan." Oh my god, there's still an hour left of this movie. Oh, fuck! All right, let's do this. It, this one, this one to me felt like a chore to watch, not because it was bad, but just because it felt as long as it was. You know, I think there, there was movies... one or two twists too many that involved explanation. Right. And, th- I mean, there are movies that you watch that don't seem like they're as long as they are. You know, like, I mean, Braveheart is one. Braveheart is one that I'll sit down and watch and be like, oh, my God, the movie's over? What? No, I need more. Um, He's specifically talking about the mooning <laughs> scene. Yes, I am, actually. So many dirty Scottish asses. God. He loves it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But but you know what I mean. I mean, there are movies that are super long that just don't feel like they're that long. I mean, when the first Lord of the Rings ended, I was like, oh, God, no, not here. Please, no. I need you to keep going. Agreed. Yeah, no. Agreed. And that was like over three hours. 
but this one this one felt like every minute of its two hours of its 27 hours and 10 minutes yes agree uh did we get any history or movies or music information about um this i do i have um i have the top billboard for the week that this was released um still a lot of the same songs that we've talked about in the past uh at number 10 you've got what's it to you from robbie neville you've got uh whitney houston on her way on her way down with i want to dance with somebody it it hit number one and it has been slowly declining every week you've got luca from suzanne vega at number eight cross my broken heart from the jets and beverly hills cop two at number seven heart and soul from tapau at number six Rhythm is Gonna Get You from Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine. Moving up the charts at number five. At number four, you've got I Want Your Sex from George Michael, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, we actually had three songs from Beverly Hills Cop 2 in the top ten this week. Uh, Alone from Heart was at number three. It dropped from number one the previous week. You 2 I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And number one, it finally hit number one, Shakedown by Bob Seger from Beverly Hills Cop 2. Man, Luca is such a dark song. Like, I used to li- like that song, and then I was like, oh, that's not... Because everything else in there is kind of a I, you fun know what? song. I don't know the words to that. that that's really not. funny. I know the song. Oh, it's I don't even know that song. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. It's basically a kid uh, talking... A kid in, a, like, an apartment complex talking to their downstairs neighbor, uh, basically saying that my parents are beating the shit out of me. And abusing me, like if you hear, but like doing the like, oh, I fell oh, down damn. the stairs kind of thing. Mm. Like if you hear something late wow. at night, some kind of troublesome kind of fight, just don't ask me what it was. Like that's the that's the. That's... It's like wow. oh jeez. Yeah, so yeah, I used to like. I think that's one of the early cassette singles. Actually, the first two cassette singles I bought were that one. Oh wow! And eighteen in life. Wow. So like eighteen in life. Was both of them really dark. Already out at this point. Uh, 88. Okay. Today I was at uh, a local yeah. store and I was flipping through. I was with my my younger daughter and I was flipping through re- the records. And I went, oh, this was my first album. And I pull it out and it's uh, Van Halen 1984. And the cover is this nice. baby, like this angel, like little baby with like wings with a <laughs> yeah. cigarette. Smoking. And she's like, is that a baby that's smoking? And I go, it's an angel that's smoking. <laughs> I showed her. It's, show it's her an angel about. baby. Because I forgot about that. I when I pulled the record out, I just saw the top, and I for, I literally completely I wouldn't have done that. Oh. <laughs> and I took it out, and I'm like, oh, I had this record, and I'm like, oh crap. And she noticed, of course, she was looking at it, and I'm like, okay, well, here's your dose of Van Halen for the day. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Where, where did this movie fall in? Uh, uh, well, the the top ten, the top ten movies this week. Rob, do you have them? Um, this one actually opened at number one. Um, it made seventeen million its opening weekend. Uh, the Lost Boys actually opened up the same weekend and was number two. It only made eight million though, and we probably would have been doing the Lost Boys this weekend if we oh, hadn't absolutely. already discussed it on this podcast. Uh, at number three, you had La Bamba. In its, uh, what was it, second? Yeah, in its second week. Uh, at number four, you had Summer School. Number five was RoboCop in its third week. And <laughs> number six was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves on its re-release. Uh, Superman 4 dropped all the way to number Why? seven in its second week. That's weird. Jeez. 
Didn't see that, that sucked. Coming. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird. Uh, Full Metal Jacket was number eight. Dragnet was number nine. And Adventures in Babysitting was number ten. good week for movies except 10. for Superman. The, this movie had a $40 million budget. Um, all of that money was spent on uh, the blowing up that airplane, I think. And on action, they wanted to be, they were doing method acting, so they used actual opium. Oh my God. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. But you got to get into the character. $191.2 million is what it came up with. Um, oh, the name of this movie, by the way, was because he, when he shot the gun at the sniper, he said he scared the living uh, daylights out of her. That's yeah. the living daylights. Yeah. We have a title. And I think that's it. I think that's the the end, except for the last thing that we have to do. Whoa. Correct? I think it's time for the question. It is. Well, we are the Give Me Five Podcast. We do a top five question every week. Every what's... friggin' week for you people. And what's weird is a few weeks ago we did the top five bonds, basically rating the bonds and leaving a couple out. Mm-hmm. due to a question in one of our other movies, because, honestly, I didn't look ahead to see what was coming up. So now that we have, like, this, we already did one Bond movie this summer, one Bond question, I decided to change things up a little bit. And we're going to do a little bit of Bond music. Kind of at my insistence as well. Yeah, and Rob's like, well, I've done a lot of movie questions. So we're gonna, it's still a movie question, but it's also a music question. I want to know. What your top five Bond theme songs are. And Rob's going to go first, and then he's going to log off and let Omar and us talk about me, <laughs> talk about music for the next hour and a half. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and you, I mean, you two are the music guys, even though I seem to be the one that makes all the music references that nobody gets. Um, I, I made one the other day that nobody freaking picked up on. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? All right, I'm too busy not listening to you. Jesus. Y'all just kept talking, and I'm like, "Really? I made another what, what, one, and nobody what said was your shit. music reference." We'll 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 be okay. That, that, it I, I don't even remember at this point. Okay, it, it, <laughs> the, the moment has passed. Uh, we deserve that, Greg. Yeah. Okay. Go. Um. So my five. Um. I've I've got one that doesn't really qualify, but it does because it's the song that is associated with James Bond, and that's the overall James Bond. That one. That's going to be my number five. Yep. That's the default. That is the default number one for everybody, and we're doing one B. Because you know. Okay. Well, it it was my number five, but you know, it can be the okay number one or whatever. But it's on my list because it's it's at number five because it's not really a James Bond movie theme, but it is James Bond's theme. So it's it's at number five. At number four, I've got Tina Turner's Goldeneye. Good. Not not a bad little ditty. At number three, I've actually got Cheryl Crow, Tomorrow Never Dies. And that may not be popular, but it to me, her song sounds like... It's got the stereotypical sound that I expect a James Bond theme to have. Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. At number two... <laughs> It's only number two because it actually was a song that I liked much better after it was redone by Guns N' Roses in yes. 1981, and that's Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. So that's my number two. But my number one is, without question, Adele's Skyfall. Interesting. It, 
she's really got that haunting, sultry sound to the lyrics, and the music just perfectly accentuates it. And if I could, I would have her do like every James Bond theme from now on, just because of the way she sounds when she sings the James Bond theme. There's the, something it's the, it's got that haunting thing, but it also has that. There's something like that, like a mysterious thing that has to be. It has to have a lot of stuff, and she can do that with her voice. It has to be mysterious. Yeah. It has to be haunting. It has to be knowing in a way. Sultry. It, yeah. It, and it, yeah, I, I, when I was listening to it, I'm like, it, the two words that came to mind were haunting and sultry. And I'm like, this is effing perfect. Yeah. I, I don't know who else I would want to sing a James Bond theme other than Adele. She did an, gotcha. an amazing I am, job. I am hoping, if I can figure out how to do it, to set up a couple playlists of the James Bond themes. Because I have Apple Music, so I can do it there. Mm-hmm. And I was, that's, I was talking to Omar earlier, because he has, I think, Spotify, to see mm-hmm. if he could set it up there. I could play this, but we, and, just don't, we have to figure out how to do it. And I'm not alone in that, because Adele's Skyfall is actually the most downloaded James Bond theme. Is it really? That's because Adele is a badass. She is. Yeah. But that's my five. I'll let we, you guys duke it out. We made Omar go early last time, so I'll go early this time. Uh... Number five for me was uh, For Your Eyes Only by Sheena Easton, which I probably was going to put Tina Turner in there. But when I was you know, screaming into my Alexa to play the songs this afternoon, uh, my wife broke out into song. And yeah. I, it was one of those like, I don't know this song. And then she started singing it. And I was like, oh, I do know this song. And then I just wrote it on my list without thinking, even though I had previously meant to put the Tina Turner Golden Eye song on there. That's a really good reason right there, by the way. But you know what? You get this podcast for free out there, so. Uh, number four. This is one that was actually lambasted a lot, but I love it. The Chris Cornell uh, song, oh, You I Know My Name. I about that one. And, and I, I like, when I listen to Chris Cornell solo stuff, that is one of the songs I specifically go towards. Not just because it's a theme, but I've just always liked it. And and it really was just very, and I think unfairly criticized because it really wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. It's weird because if you, I don't know if you saw if you, the some of the reviews about that one. They the what they said about that song was Chris Cornell was a nobody at this time. He hasn't even st- he had been out of Soundgarden for a few years and hadn't even been in Audio Slave. I'm like, so what? Yeah, it's yeah, not a reason not to like a song. That's so <laughs> it's stupid. A good song. Like, like that's what the reviewer said. Yeah. Like, I don't even know why they did it. Well, because he has a good voice. Uh, so that's number four. Uh, number three is uh, Skyfall by Adele, which I, I happen to like a lot. It's probably one of my – I guess it really is one of my higher-up ones to actually choose to listen to, but this is where it fell because I added in a little bit of the iconicness. Uh, number two, A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. And uh, – yeah, it's Duran Duran. It has to be on the, one of my lists at some point. This and see, a lot of those ones, just uh, a lot of the ones by the by the big name artists, just really didn't sound like I expected a James Bond theme to sound. So that was what I mean, because there were a bunch of them on there. I, I have mean, there were probably, I have probably listened to the Duran Duran one the most out of all of the themes for me personally. It's entirely possible because my super hot babysitter in the eighties was a huge Duran Duran fan. Like, and you know, she did the thing with the the, the sweatshirt 
like that was cut. the The collar was cut and the bottom was cut, and it was it was like a Duran Duran sweatshirt. That was super entirely... Duran Duran crop top. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and she had like the fr- the frizzy blonde hair and all that stuff. Um, so I'm pretty sure that that is why that song immediately popped into my mind because I listened to it a lot as a kid, and I continue to, to be honest. Uh, and my number one is uh, pretty close to you on that one. Uh, it is the Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney, but of course it's really there because of Guns N' Roses version, which is far superior. Absolutely, without question. Especially if you ever get a chance to see, well, back if you could go back in time and see them do it live, it sounds like the fucking world is ending when everything kicks in and like all the lights are flashing and confetti and I'm pretty sure I saw them murder a goat and smear blood on their chest during it. It was, you know, I never it's saw awesome. Guns N' Roses live. I've never seen them live. Metallica oh, and Guns N' Roses I've never seen live. And I've seen like every band in the world. But just those two. Together. I saw Metallica and Guns N' Roses live together two weeks before they caused a riot in St. Louis that, that canceled I the tour. I was in Canada. <laughs> Greg, no, did you catch the Metallica song in Jungle, in Jungle Cruise? What song? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, wow. Nothing else matters. Yeah. But it's like, a, it's like a, it's a beautiful version, actually. Yeah, it starts with an instrument, uh, instrumental intro, and it's like, and I'm listening, and I'm like, holy shit, is this nothing else matters? We're, we're going to talk about that. We got, it we is. Got oh, I know. It's gonna be if you want to hear more about that, tune in next week to episode 196. Right, now i got to pay 30 bucks for a movie. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll just FaceTime you. you. Just I don't have the theater kind of and pay and nine. I, and I want to watch it 19 times, so it might be worth it. <laughs> you know how I do things. Well, like I said, it, it's one that you can actually watch with your kids. So if you just pay the thirty dollars <clears throat> and act like you're act like you're watching it with with two children, um, you know, it, it actually is cheaper than going to the That's theater true. with like if they want to see it. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. My turn already, little old me. Uh, my number five, yes. little old you. I did. You only live twice by Nancy Sinatra. Because it's Nancy Sinatra. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's really the only reason. He was going to say something else, and then the, <laughs> the mafia called him and said, <clears throat> Number four, I did Diamonds Are Forever, because I like how she says forever in the song. <laughs> when you got to look. Yeah. It, it's we all have very weird reasons for picking Number these. three uh, is just the James Bond theme, because it's awesome. Um, And number two, uh, you know, Duran Duran, Beautiful Kill. You get ready for work every morning no. listening to that theme, don't you? No. Dun, 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 I don't. What do dun, I in the morning guy? It's probably Rick and Morty or something. Because um, that gets you in you know, in a good work mode. Um, number one, live and let die. Yeah. I think we all have the same number one. Oh, that's right. No, Rob had Adele. And from a music quality standpoint, Rob. But i got to be honest. I think the Wings version is great. I don't have any problem with with the wings version i mean the gnr version it rocks you know but i think the wings version's really solid too it's i think for probably rob and myself that we probably heard the guns and roses version first and then when you go backwards Absolutely. it's like wow this is way slower oh, than that's true yeah i don't remember which one i heard oh, that's a good point i don't i don't recall so it's like off okay let's uh who's taking us out of here anyone uh we went long, so uh, guys, if you like us, like go ahead to your podcast provider and tell us basically us that tell and everybody, tell other people that. And you know, if you don't right. like us, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. 
We're good. We know who you are. We're su- we're all super spies now. We watched James Bond movies and talked about it for an hour and fifteen minutes. Yep. So we know how to make you disappear. Uh, so that's that. And thank you for listening. And remember, guys, we want you to give us five. Do it that way.